Welcome to the Creative South Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Frostholm. Today, I talk with Miami-based designer Peter Bacayao about growing up a first-generation Cuban-American, battling depression and anxiety, how surrounding himself with positivity helped him find self-confidence, and how it improved his work, all right after this. I want to thank our friends over at Jack Prince for sponsoring this episode. Whatever you need printed, they can do it. Do you need stickers? Jack Prince can do it. Do you need t-shirts? Jack Prince can do it. Embroidered hats, business cards, banners? Jack Prince can do it. They make great stuff at a great price. Speaking of banners, Jack Prince has their lowest prices on banners ever right now. Some of them are up to 70% off. I just looked up the cost of an 8 foot by 5 foot banner. How much do you think it should cost? $200? $300? More? You can get it at Jack Prince for just $70. While we're talking about great offers, let's talk about the fact that Jack Prince is offering a free Silver Ink upgrade going on right now. But it's not just on Silver Ink. If you're looking to get something embroidered, you can get free Silver Thread, too. So when you get something printed or embroidered, now, through the end of the year, add some Silver Ink into that design. If you love pocket-sized notebooks, check out Jack Prince Pocket Notes. They come with tons of great options, making them perfect for gifts, giveaways, branding, and custom office supplies. Custom pocket notebooks are sized for quick sketching and note-taking. Plus, unlike other printers who, you know, make you design around their logo and have all those parameters like that, Jack Prince builds their custom notebooks from the ground up, giving you the entire cover to customize in vivid, full color. Jack Prince makes great, affordable stuff for designers like you and I. They focus on quality and customer service, and have been loyal Creative South sponsors for years. Why not pick them next time you need stickers, banners, or pocket notebooks printed? Plus, Jack Prince is giving you a great discount. You can save up to $75 on your next order. Just use promo code CS16PODCAST at checkout, or visit jack.inc/design. Are you ready to explore your creativity and meet a ton of new friends while you're doing it? Then head over to creativesouth.com right now and get your Creative South tickets. Join us April 6th through 9th in Columbus, Georgia for Creative South, where you come as friends and leave as family. If you like to podcast and want to help support us, head over to patreon.com slash creativesouth. Every dollar helps us cover hosting costs, upgrade equipment, and keep the podcast going. Plus, when you become a Creative South patron, you'll get access to exciting Creative South news before anyone else, Creative South podcast stickers and t-shirts, and you could even get your own podcast episode. So please, help support the podcast by becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash creativesouth. Gotcha. So, were you born in the states? Yeah, because uh, you still have a bit of that uh, South Florida Hispanic accent. So, I have to ask. Yeah, I, I I was born here in the United States, but oddly enough, I was conceived in Cuba. And <laughs> if, if my mom had waited about another month or, or month and a half, I would have been born in Cuba. Uh, which would not have been a very good thing for me because given given how things are over there, I definitely it definitely would have been a bad thing. Yeah, so, I, uh, uh, yeah, I talked to uh, Carlos Basave um, a few months back, and you know he was born in Cuba and grew up there until he was like ten or twelve, and it was hearing the story was. I mean, he had a okay life there; it wasn't bad, and but it was like much better over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the story. I mean, my a lot of my family is still over there, and uh, a lot of my family has come over here. And the stories that I hear, and the stories from I know that I know of, are just like insane. You know, my my, my mm. father was a a political prisoner there for twenty two years. Oh wow! Yeah. So I and I know all his background, his story. He was in the Cuban Air Force, thrown mm. in jail, lived in his life twenty two years. That's where he met my mom. 
my mom had family in the uh, in the jail with Fidel Castro, and that's where they met. And she was a pharmacist over there, so they had a good life, you know, to a certain point. Um, I don't know how I got conceived from my dad being in the jail cell. And my mother just, you know, I don't, I don't, I didn't know how it worked. You don't want to ask that story. I, it, oh, oh I, I mean, I kind of know the story, <laughs> but it's not one that I want to publicly say. Yeah. <laughs> or, or I shouldn't say. Well, but, and nobody uh, wants to talk about their parents getting it on. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's just awkward. That's just awkward. But, uh, yes. but yeah, you know, it's, uh, I, it, I'm, I'm really thankful and blessed that I was born here and I was brought over here. I guess I, my mom told me, it's like, yeah, you were smuggled in the cruise ship, so don't worry, you made it. <laughs> gotcha so um so growing up here um you know in in hylia what what kind of life did you have as a kid were you uh real artsy or were you kind of all around uh american do everything kid i think uh i i i definitely bordered a lot around the arts um my dad uh when i was a kid he used to draw stuff for me i used to tell him dad can you draw planes and lions and all kinds of stuff and he used to just draw whatever he was a, he was a great artist and mm-hmm. i think when i was young that really had a, a nice influence with me he used to sit down a lot and we used to paint on the walls and paint on paper and my mom was really really cool about it she she you know i there was days where i just took a crayola to the wall and 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 i went to town <laughs> and even though i got a belt in the butt for it she at the same time she was like you know what that's beautiful son. that's great but I'm still gonna smack the crap out of you. <laughs> don't do it again. Time don't do it. Don't do it again. Just do it on a paper. Time, time for um, your spanking. Yeah, but but yeah, I I I really like art. I really like design. I I love taking stuff apart when I was younger too, and, and putting them back together and just kind of you know leggling around in, in that aspect. It's, it, it was fun. I, like my parents definitely uh, let me be very creative with whatever I had. Mm-hmm. So it just it felt some, it just felt very natural to me. Sure. So, you know, you, you get through school. Do you, do you end up going to college or just kind of jumping right into a career? Well, I, I think like as I was growing up, I, I, at first I wanted to paint. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I wanted to be a fine artist. Uh, loved acrylics, loved oils, uh, loved jumping on a canvas for a few hours and just kind of, you know, cleaning my mind out of whatever I wanted on the canvas. And it was sure. great. And then, uh, and then when I was in uh, middle school, and going into high school, I got introduced into graphic design. And at that time, you know, I think we were on the second or third generation Max. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and this is back in like, uh, geez, 1994, 1995. So oh, you're making me feel old here. Yeah. So not, yeah. so we, so we had, so we had, you know, we had some of those big gigantic monitor Macs and, and, and I just, I, I just kind of fell in love with it. I, I, I love the ease of just being able to put a layout together quickly and you know taking a picture and just putting it in a box with text under it that like you know when you're a little kid like that to me just kind of blew my mind sure and, and this is i mean this is like way back way back in the old school days you know when, when Max were coming out and it was just like you could when you back in the days where you where you when you printed something out the printer was like like it was just it was fascinating. Ah, the to good me. old dot matrix. Yes, that dot matrix days when I I used to make smiley faces and print them out, and it was just like the greatest thing ever. So that's kind of like where I, I I learned to kind of fall in love with graphic design, and after that, uh, I just kind of made it a primary focus right after right after I graduated from high school. So from okay. there, I, I jumped into the um, I jumped into the Art Institute of Fort Lauderdale. Uh-huh. Uh, did my BA program there. And uh, it's kind of been history ever since. You know, I've never veered off, I've, I've, and I just loved it. I love graphic design. I just, I really do. So, so when you, <coughs> excuse me. So when you were in college, did you focus on any particular area of it, or did you just do kind of a general graphic design overview? I think, uh, I think while I was in college, uh, I I learned to hate logo design really fast. Okay. Because I was really bad at it. So for a while, I, I kind of focused more on the typographical and aspect of it. You know, I, I really like brochures. I really, I just, I, I think I kind of learned what I hated and what I liked mm-hmm. to, to do really fast. So I kind of tried to make, uh, tried to focus on that first just because I, I knew that when I graduated, I think those are probably more key areas. And then I kind of dabbled a little bit in web design 
Mm-hmm. And this is back when uh, Director was like still cool and Flash 1.0 had come out. Oh, like, God, I forgot about Director. Yeah. And like Dreamweaver wasn't even in the market then. Like this is literally right before Dreamweaver. So I, I, I almost kind of jumped into that realm, but I, I stayed true and, and I stuck with graphic design. Sure. So you you get through college and all. What do you end up doing? What's your first uh, job out of uh, school? Oh my god! It took me it took me about eight months to find a job out of really? school. It was it was super frustrating. Like I think that when I graduated, it was it was right after nine eleven. Mm-hmm. Nobody nobody was hiring. Job market was tanked. Uh, it took me yeah. It took me about eight months. My first job was at this place called Indigo. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was it was hell. I hated it. I think I, I I hated it, but I loved it because I was the only graphic designer in that studio. There was sure. nobody else. You know, it was like a very small place. So I I learned very quickly, you know, like the value of of knowing how to properly color correct and properly set files to print. Um, you know, it, it, all, the produ- all the production stuff. All the production stuff, everything that they never taught me in school, I learned it probably in the first six months of, of that nightmare place. It, it was I, just that. Yeah, I, w- I but I wish they taught that more in school because oh, yeah, I see I, stuff all the time from people and it just makes me cringe. Yeah, I I, I wish I I, 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 whatever. I, I don't care now at this point. But I, I always <laughs> tell my friends, I always tell my friends, if you're gonna get be a graphic designer, don't go to the art institute. Just go someplace else, or learn by, or learn, learn on your own, or find find a mentor, uh, mm-hmm. somebody who's been doing it for a long time. Because the the value of education that you're gonna get from somebody who's really in the field doing that every day is just so much greater and so much more impactful than at least the education that I got. And I was sure. a straight A student. I got awards. I got all that fancy crap. And th- that was nice. And when I graduated, I I was kind of, you know, in this dream of like yeah i'm gonna get a job and i'm gonna do this and that and i'm gonna be successful i'm gonna be in the cover of ad week yeah and, and that never happened you know that <laughs> that was like the biggest joke ever so i i i it was the worst job that i ever had or one of the worst jobs right because because man i i started from the bottom and if we get into that you guys are gonna laugh and, and hear about it but uh <laughs> But well, I feel like I, we have to now. No, yeah, no. Oh, there. If we're gonna go there, we're, we're gonna go there. Okay. I, I, I've got some really bad bottom of the stories to tell. But yeah, I, I, I think I learned more on the first six months of my job than I ever did in the three years that I went to the institute, and I don't regret it because I learned production, I learned color correction, I worked with the printers, I were, I learned so much that I felt like, why didn't I learn this in school? Why didn't mm-hmm. they teach me this? You know. Like, like, like the teacher that I had, with, you know, oh yeah, do color correction with hue and saturation and selection. And it's like, what? No, that was like, it was horrible. It was, it was, yeah, I that's just, not color correction. That's just changing colors. Yeah, there's a difference. Yeah, that, that, I mean, yeah, you know, and and these were the things where it's like, I wish that that I, I had gotten the proper education about it because mm-hmm. it, it just would have made a world of a difference. I would not. I probably got a lot of gray hairs those first six months. <laughs> It was, it was bad. <clears throat> so, so what is the uh, shit show of uh, starting out that you uh, got? Well, I think, I think, and th- that wasn't that bad. But this is this is the probably the lowest in my career, and I I I had a bad experience at that job, uh, so I I needed to leave. So I quit that job. Sure. And I I hunted around for for a, for a new agency. I found another smaller agency uh, um, in Bay County, which is 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 it next the county next door and uh i was the only straight man in an all-gay agency which <laughs> I, you know i got hired that way and which i i didn't know at the time that it was an all-gay agency um but i found out really quickly on the first or second day uh, you know working mm-hmm. there that i was I, it was just weird and and not that it, not that i'm you know i, I have plenty of gay friends that was weird to me i think it was what was weird to me was like you know, going every day and getting hit on by like my coworkers, or going to get a sandwich and getting hit on by the local deli man, or going to get a you know, just it was just that it was that was weird for me. Like that was a new ex- experience for me. <laughs> and being think, treated like a piece of meat. Yeah, I was treated treated like a piece of meat. You know, and 
you know, not that I'm in, like handsome or anything, but it, but geez, you know, it was like, whoa, like, like can, can I just go to work and, and do what I got to do and go home without like, you know, like without the weirdness of, of like. My eyes are up here, buddy. My yeah, eyes yeah, like are my eyes are. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that, I think the I think the worst part of that job was like every Friday I had to make a club flyer for a lot of the local gay clubs that we had in that mm-hmm. area. So, and this is where it gets weird. Uh, my boss had this box of like thirty-five millimeter pictures. You know, it was a tattered box. You could tell it was like used and abused and thrown around. And inside were naked guys. You know. You know, all kinds of like weird modeling poses. So, and this is, and they're completely gone. They like you see all the jewels and everything in the grand prize. <laughs> and, and I had to cut out, cut them out, and put them and make flyers out of them, and do like the whole shebang, like decorated and with glowing and sparks and all kinds of stuff that you wouldn't imagine, and and make them you know attractive so that other you know, and they would get printed out and distributed. And it was just weird because. You know, every Friday, I kind of dreaded that I would be looking at a naked guy's junk right in my face for, like, hours. You know? <laughs> and it was, and I, sometimes I had to cut their stuff out and make it glow and do all kinds of photoshopping stuff. And that was my job. for so, like, you're, so you're putting halos around dicks. Um. That, yeah, that's pretty much a nice way of saying it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep it as PC as possible, but... Yeah, basically, basically. Uh, say whatever you want. <laughs> basically, basically, I cut dicks out and make them glow. That, nice. that that was that was my job for especially on Fridays like for oh like two years, and I just like I was like I was at a point where I was like you know what I can't see any more dicks this is like I can't <laughs> I can't I I'd have to run home to my wife and be like just get naked please I just need to nut check real quick you know, just just do it. <laughs> bear with me. <laughs> And, and meanwhile, that. she's like, "No, yes, no, that well, is not." <laughs> she she understood. She understood really cool about it. She, at first, after after a while, she joked about it. Um, but but then she kind of like understood that the the, the kind of frustration that I had. So she's like, "You know what? It's okay. Here you go. Check me out. I'm my daughter. You know, <laughs> get it out of your system." And this is how you end up with children. And yes, exactly. That's exactly how I ended up with children. <laughs> So so yeah so I I did that for about two years then I then I I, I just couldn't take it anymore and uh, I left that place and then I, I went to another place called the One Bar Group and I was there for about ten years and it, it was great for a while but then it kind of just went really south really mm-hmm. south uh, really bad uh, I felt like um, I felt like I had reached a, a creative peak in my life like sure. I, I, like I had plateaued, and uh, it it was it was tough. Those th- those ten years, especially towards the end, were very very tough for me. Um, mm-hmm. I I wasn't doing the work that I wanted to be doing. I, like I was being a great graphic designer there. You know, I, we were working on great clients. We, we were working on stuff like the University of Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were working on uh, a lot uh, a lot of local clients that were very big clients. Uh, you know, to the Miami Dade area. Um. And it was, we were doing great work, but I just wasn't happy. I, I was not sure. f- fulfilled. I wasn't making the money that I wanted to make. Um, you know, I wasn't getting the, the chances that I really wanted to get. Um, you know, I, I, I wasn't growing. Mm. And, and, and that was a big thing for me, you know, cause I, I really wanted to grow. I, w- I wanted to be better. And it just wasn't going anywhere. I eventually, like, I, I, ha- I didn't realize it, but my wife did. Thank God she did. She's, she's like my lifesaver now. But I had gone into like a really, really deep, dark, self-destructive depression uh, mode in my life. You know, it, it, I think it was around the sixth or seventh year working there and just putting, you know, just getting tons of slaps in the face and, and tons of like insults and just so many bad things that had happened to me there that I just, I just became like very self-destructive. I was angry. I was frustrated all the time. Uh I, I became self-destructive in my marriage. Um, I was I was becoming not myself. I, it was it was a very weird time for me in my life. But I at the same time it was great because you know I, I got the help that I needed to get. I I kind of rose out of that hellhole um, at that and that situation, and I I kind of turned my life around at, at some point. I um, I took a vacation for a week with my wife and. 
you know, we talked so much and thank God that she kind of opened my eyes, you know, to, to how I was being. My family had opened their, their mouths and their eyes to how I was being. Mm-hmm. And, and it took a while, but, but I turned my life around a lot. And that's kind of like where I fell into this whole, like now whiskey and branding mode and full-time freelancing. And, and, and just like, I just, I think after that whole dark period, I kind of became alive. Sure. You know? Well, so you and uh, you and I have talked about the depression stuff, you know, back and forth a few times. Right. Um, you know, without you know, like opening a can of worms that you don't want to get into. Yeah. What were kind of the self-destructive things that you were doing? Because I, I know a lot of people kind of don't realize that that's a component of being depressed. Is you can get into the self-destructive streak. Yeah, I think I think uh, some of the, like. It was just, I was just mad all the time. I was very bitter, uh, very explosive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I would bring so much negativity just to my work environment and so much negativity back home. Right. Um, you know, and, and bringing that negativity and that weight on your shoulders for such a long time, it, it takes a toll on you and you don't see it. That's, you know, a lot, and you become like numb to it you, you know you, you're in your mind you're like yeah i'm cool i'm normal this is you know it's just a bad situation and i gotta deal with it and eventually i'll leave this place and i'll be happy and glorious and it doesn't work that way sure uh, yeah because it's not necessarily just the situation that's making you feel that way right There's, right you know ton of other things that pile up and right yeah i mean i just it, i just got to a <clears> point where, where i remember one day i was coming home from work and i took i just took this weird route and I, I wandered up in a dead end and, and I could see a brick wall like of the dead end right in front of me and I'm sitting in the car and I'm like, you know what? I just want to go 100 miles an hour and crash into this wall and I don't even care what happens. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I mean, yeah, I, there was there was a couple times where it's like I really just wanted to just kind of end it all and it was tough and and I don't care what to talk about it now because I'm actually really good with it now. It's, it's just, sure. You know? But it, it was hard. It, it, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel the, the need to live. You know, I, I didn't mm-hmm. want to do it. I wanted to kill myself. I wanted to just end it all because I was so frustrated, try, you know, trying to, to, to move forward in life and it wasn't happening. Frustrated at my job. And I think really sure. a lot of it felt because I, I felt like I uh, creatively peaked after a plateau and I just wasn't growing anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so once I, once I kind of got out of that hellhole and, and, and or, or found a new kind of breath of life. And this is kind of where my daughter comes in because yeah, we, you know, I, I went to a psych psychologist and, and that helped a lot. And then we, I rebuilt a little of my marriage a lot with, with my wife and, and we kind of just fell in love with each other like all over again. And I, I, things were getting better when I found out that my, that my wife was pregnant, that just made the biggest difference for me. You know? Sure. And, and those nine months, I think in those nine months, I, I really tried to change, not just for, for my wife and for my life, but, but for my daughter who was coming. Because I didn't want to be this angry bastard dad. You know, I, I wanted her to, to just welcome her. I wanted to welcome her with these loving arms and just kind of give her as much love as I, as I possibly could. And then when she was born, oh, my God, that, that just changed everything. Yeah, uh, I, It was night and day. Well, what did you do to, you know, Aside from seeing a psychologist and talking with people, what did you do to work on yourself to kind of get you out of that funk and to push the anger away and and get to that? I think, and, and I and I asked this selfishly as you know I go through phases of this and I'm I'm in a bad phase at the moment um, and I you know I'm I'm not fun to come home to or no, it's not I, fun I, when I come home and. Stuff I'm like with, that. So. I'm with you. I totally understand where you're coming from. I think, I think for me, a lot of it was just rearranging the circle of friendships that I had. That was step one. I, I, I had a lot of hobbies. I had a lot of friends that w- did not pertain to what I wanted to be or what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. You know? Mm-hmm. So I, I started by just killing, killing a lot of these bogus hobbies that were just taking up too much of my time of my mental thought. Um, and a lot of those circles of friends that were like, they were friends, but, not, but almost to, to the point of acquaintances, they weren't making a positive influence in my life. They weren't making a positive impact and they weren't sure. bringing any positivity uh, into, into my life. So I know it was really tough, but I just cut it. I cut them out, you know, mm. and, and what I did was I, I started 
to seek out people that were all about positive energy, uh, very heavily focused in their careers, and 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 that were just that could just bring more to the table in terms of a friendship than just like you know than just crap. You know, mm-hmm. that, that was step one. And then kind of step two for me was, was finding a, finding an outlet that I can go to every day, you know, and, and just be and look at the and be inspired to to create, to be better. So that this is kind of where Dribble came into the picture for me and Dribble. Sure. Man, that that for me changed my life also. That was a huge, great thing that just happened to me. And I remember uh I used to go to dribble every day and be like, wow, I want to be like the next Alan Peters or Jay Fletcher. You know, I want to be like, like odd studio. I mean, there's so many great people on dribble that I admired and I looked up to and I was like, I want to be these people. I, I want to meet these people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oh my God, who else? Uh, Scott Wolf. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Guys on fire. And I just, I, I tried so hard to emulate these guys and to, and to connect with them and talk with them daily that I wound up making new friends in this newer circle. Uh, Matt, Matt Wally, uh-huh. uh, my buddy Freedom Art, uh, Jose and, uh, Fabio from 21 Creative. Like they're, they're local to me and that, that became my new circle of, of bromance. You know, <laughs> we, we hung out at the, at these dribble meets and, it just kind of felt natural. It felt alive. And, and the energy that I got off of these guys, which we, at the time they were like my heroes. You mm-hmm. know, I used to look at these guys and dribble and be like, man, I just want to be friends with these guys, you know? And we're all really good friends now. And it's, it's just so refreshing to, to be surrounded by creative people that, that have a passion for what they do and, and they help you and they push you along. They make you become better. So, you know, once, once I kind of got on dribble, I can, that, that, really helped me out a lot sure so so you know aside from that because and this is gonna sound negative when i say it and i don't know how to phrase it you know that can be a double-edged sword though too because depending on the place somebody's at you know you can get on there and look at that stuff and you start comparing yourself to them and then you go down that spiral of well i'll never be as good you know depending and i think that definitely depends on where you are with things yeah, how I mean, did you how did you combat that at that point? I think I think yeah I I think you you border along that line of like the imposter syndrome of like am I good enough I'll, or I'll never be good enough as these guys and I think I think I had to put that to the side I sure. honestly did I and I had to I had to find uh, I I had to approach it at a new angle and say you know what what am I good at what can I focus my energy at where where I know that I'm going to create clientele, where I know I'm going to create a, a, a new opening for me, you know, what, what can I do to focus my energy so that, hey, I might not be great at lettering, but man, maybe I'll be very good at logo design, or mm-hmm. maybe I'll be very good at brochure design, or maybe, like, find a facet within the design realm where you can focus all your energy. Because if you focus on too many things, you're never really going to be good at anything. You know? <laughs> I know that so, feeling. Yeah, Mine, so, Mine's so, been more of a... Um, you know, being a, on a small creative team at pretty much every place I've worked, I've had to learn all these things. And now, right. now right. I'm struggling to find the focus of what is it that I want to do for me? Yeah. And I think, and I think once I figured out a key area or key areas that I really wanted to focus on that I felt that I, that I could make a difference at, mm-hmm. then I just went all in, you know, I, I kind of, I, I quit, I working with people like for brochure design, for layouts, for all that stuff, and I and typography, and I kind of just focus mainly on like, let's say for me at least, logo design. Mm-hmm. So and I used to and I grew up which which you hated in college, which, exactly. Which is ironic about it because when I was in college, my professor at the time, uh, who I'll be nice and not say his name, uh, said that I will never be a great logo designer. Uh, you should probably quit graphic design. Uh, you probably should stick to brochures or other little things in design because you're not that very good at logo design. Fast so, his, so his name is Dickhead. So yeah, we're gonna call him. <laughs> we're gonna call him Bing Bing Dick. Bing I'm Dick. gonna call him Bing Dick. And, and <laughs> if he hears this, I really don't care at this time. Um, he, he's not your professor anymore. Yeah, no, he, I, <laughs> I don't even care. He's a clip art crackerhead. 
forget it. I just don't. <laughs> not, I had I, a boss like that. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna go on a tangent. But yeah, like fast forward. Uh, you know, I don't know, 15 years into uh, my career. Like, I I kind of took that. I kind of took that negativity and I took and I tried to turn it into a positive. Mm-hmm. So I focused only on logo design and I fo- and I focused, you know, typographical aspects of logo design and. I just went in. I just focused on that and focused on that. I got better and I got better. And then I, I when I, once I started narrowing my vision into what I wanted to do for the future, that really helped mm-hmm. because I was able to be really good at one thing and not focus on just being kind of good or mediocre in everything else. Sure. You know? And that, and that kind of helped out a lot because that, that when the aspect of dribble when I kind of started tailoring the work and, 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 and even on Instagram too, like that was a big thing for me. I, I started tailoring the work and tailoring things to kind of target people who just wanted to build brands, build logos, build identities uh, from the ground up. That really opened up a floodgate of new work for me. And I gotcha. just, and I felt alive because, and I felt great because it's like people are coming to me for, to, with their hopes and their dreams. And, and, and this is the, their logo. This is their foundation. This is the building block. For, for any business, you know, this is, this is your, your first point, your first visual. And I felt it very empowering to, to have that control and that creative freedom to guide somebody on their journey and, and put them on the first steps of how they are presented to the world. Mm-hmm. It felt, it felt great to me and, and I got better at it. I, and, and I feel I'm pretty good now. Uh, I kind of won a, an award from communication arts recently. That's so, a big deal. Yeah. So I'm in the CA design annual for, for identity. And that was like, for me, that, that was like an affirmation point that the last work, the last efforts I've been putting in for the, for the past three years, and they're hard. I put in a lot of work. I mean, a lot of sleepless nights. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, that kind of affirmed to me that, you know what? You're on the right path. You're doing what you need to do. You know, your peers are looking at you and, and they're acknowledging that, that, not that you, not, not that you that that you're like amazing, but that hey, you're making your mark on the world, and, and that you've grown. And I've had you're, plenty. You're of, paying your dues, and yeah, yeah. I mean, I three years ago when I started whiskey branding and I started this journey of you know of trying to make a better life for me, for my wife, and for my daughter, mm-hmm. uh, I would never would have imagined in my entire life, you know, being in CA or or now. Like recently, I started working with Facebook. Uh, that was a huge deal for me too. You know, when, when my wife didn't believe me, I literally had to show her the email that's saying that, Hey, you know, Facebook wants to work with you. They want to hire you on a freelance basis and you're going to start knocking out some projects for them. She didn't believe me. And I, and I, I, I was like, I cried. I cried really yeah. hard. Yeah. yeah I can that, imagine. That, yeah. I mean, and, and that span happened. You know, just recently, and and that was very that was a very emotional moment for me because I remember three years ago where I was three years ago, five years ago, in this massive depression, destructive, wanting to end it all, and then now it's completely turning everything around and just, just you know working and working and niching on, on, on you know trying to get you know things rolling and making me for myself. It, it was it was a great affirmation point, you know mm. that that these three years of, of sacrifice, and I'm talking about like. You know, waking up in the morning, six o'clock, getting, you know, going to work, coming back, being home by seven o'clock, spending family time from seven to like nine, ten o'clock at night, kissing my wife goodnight at ten o'clock and then walking into my office and working from like ten o'clock to two, three, four, five, six in the morning. That mm-hmm. was my routine Monday through Saturday or Monday through Friday for a good three years, for a good mm-hmm. two years, you know, th- th- and that's not easy. You know, that's, that's literally sleeping two hours a day, three hours a day, you know, for, for three years. That's tough, you know, and, th- and that's how. Well, that's it helps how- that you have a young child that um, keeps you up all hours of the day. So, Oh, yeah, yeah. When I she mean, wakes you up at three in the morning and she falls back asleep and you can't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the schedule that when my daughter was born, the schedule that me and my wife had worked flawlessly because I would be awake. I was able to freelance. I was able to grow as a designer. I was able to, to to do and accomplish so much at night and just take care of her at the same time. While my and then we would switch and and then I would just go to work every day. It, it just worked out. And then once my my daughter started uh, sleeping and being you know more normal in bed, 
just having uh you know been sleeping, uh, sleeping uh, the whole night i had more time on my hands and that mm-hmm. and i used that time really as wisely as i could because you know it, it just <clears throat> I, I needed to do it it was something that needed that i needed to do because if not i was just gonna just keep on being this plateaued regular Josh Mo designer guy that wasn't sure. doing anything in his career that needed to move on. And, and I, I needed to, it needed to happen. And I, it was hard for me and my wife because she's basically slept alone in her bed, you know, without me for like two years, three years. And, and it was tough. It was tough, but thankfully, you know, now she sees the, pro- she knows the progress and she knows what's going on. And she's just been the most supportive person in my entire life. I think that's the, that's really the key thing that you need. You really need a rock in your life that you can bounce off to, you know, and, 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 and vent to, and, and somebody just hold you straight while you try to get your sailboat on the right path. And, and kick your ass when you get off the path. I was damn, damn right, man. She, God knows how many times she slapped me in the face and be like, get it together. Peter. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, she, I mean, and, and without, I'm telling you without her really opening my eyes at one point, I probably would have killed myself. And, and she really saved my life. My wife is just the most amazing person. And I and I would not have been able to have grown as fast as I have without her. Absolutely. So at, at what point, though, do you, or how did, I'm not sure how to phrase this. How did Bring you, on, brother. well, how did you go from, you know, because it seems like you placed a lot of value on your self-worth based on the work that you were doing. And and how did you split that off where, you know, your self-worth wasn't wrapped up in that? That's that's kind of a tough question. <laughs> or uh, have you? <laughs> well, no, I, 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 okay. I, I, I never gave myself a lot of worth. Uh, I, I consider that's, I can, I consider myself very, uh, a mediocre designer. Sure. I know uh, that you know, and, yeah. And, and I think, and I think, uh, as I progressed in, in this journey that I'm on is, is to, is realizing that you're, you, you are, you have more worth to yourself than, 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 than what you give yourself. A lot, a lot of designers, uh, are complacent with, mm-hmm. with just being mediocre. And there's other designers that want to grow and, and want and feel like they're just being this, they have this imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. You know, and they don't. They're actually very talented individuals, and and you kind of have to respect every cre- person as a creative because they might not be like the next, you know, amazing Alan Peters or or Draplin or or Picasso, where, where they can just bust stuff out and and it's just everybody loves it. But that doesn't mean that that their worth is junk either. You know, right. everybody's got to give themselves a lot of self worth and and have a lot of pride in their work. And if they don't give themselves that pride, if they don't give themselves that respect, then they're definitely never going to grow, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they're not going to move forward, you know? So that's, it's really important to, to start valuing yourself as a creative and as a designer, because that's very, that's a very empowering feeling. You know, it's, it's, you gotta kind of, you know, pump your chest up and, and, and be very confident in what you're doing. And I think, you know, having that kind of attitude really helps push you along too. You know, if you get over that, that hump of like, I'm not good enough and just focus on, you know what, I may not be good enough today, but tomorrow I can be better. Or if I work really hard today, tomorrow I can be that much better. Then, and you stick to that routine, you're going to do it. It's going to happen. You know, that's the, that's the laws of the universe. If like Jim Carrey says, if you don't ask the universe for it, you're not going to get it. So you, if you got to work on it and ask the the universe to kind of be better, and push yourself forward because if you don't, you're just you're just gonna stay in that realm. Mm-hmm. So I hope that answers that question. Yeah, very much so. Because I mean that that's I think especially for me that's something that I deal with a lot. Where you know, I I, <laughs> I have a fairly large ego but a very low self worth. Right. Um. So those two things are very contradictory. <laughs> yeah, and I think and I think honestly I think that's every designer's. Uh, Achilles here, you know, yeah. we think we're great in our minds, but when we spit that's our artwork out, it sucks. Yeah. You know? and, or it's not good enough. And I think we're, we're be- designers are like punching guys. You know, we get our egos punched every day. We get our work punched every day and we got to get up from that, from that 
that cycle of, oh my God, I'm just going to dread this project now because they didn't like it the first round. Or, mm-hmm. oh, it wasn't good enough, so I got to start from scratch. Or if we, if we stay in that mindset for too long, then it, you're just creating a bad cycle of negativity that you're not going to get out of. So you, mm-hmm. so what's important is to, okay, you know what? It, you didn't like it. Okay, cool. No problem. I'm going to start over again and approach it from a different angle. And I think a lot of designers struggle with approaching things from a different angle or sure. having the initiative to do that. And I think just being, you know, having the confidence and being tenacious about, about approaching things in a positive attitude. That's, that's, a, that's a game changer for a lot of people, you know, that they don't do, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they don't, and they don't, te- you, they don't teach you that in school. That's a life lesson that you learn from, from, from just going and doing it every single day. And that's, and that's also a good lesson that I learned a, a lot from my friends, mm-hmm. you know, cause a lot of them have great attitudes and, and that rubs off on you. And the more you surround yourself with people that just want to bring, that want you to bring your aging, that push you along, that want you to be better, you're going to, it's going to happen. It's good. You're going to do it. You know, and, and I've been designing for like 15 years now and only in the last three years have, is when I really felt alive as a designer. Sure. I, you know, that I can honestly say that. And even my work and even when I've gone on, on job interviews, uh, and even recently when I, when I started at, at this uh, other agency where I started at now, my, 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 my now boss who I, who I love, who is an amazing guy, um, and he gets it. He's, he's like, why does your old work look so different than your new work? And mm-hmm. then I, and I told him it's because I finally found the confidence in myself to, to, to be who I really need to be. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why there's such a huge difference between, you know, the work that you see from years ago than what you see now. You know? Sure. Cause I, I felt empowered. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think for me, and I joke about this and, it's really more of a half joke is I need a, I need a drill sergeant to get me started on that road. Um, and I, and I think there's a lot of people out there like that. Like I've had that conversation with other people and it's like, you know, I need somebody to kick my ass and get me into the habit of, you know, getting up, doing the work, you know, focusing on that, not, not hopping on every five seconds to Facebook or Twitter or things like that. Not as a distraction to as a distraction to procrastinate and not do it. Yeah, I I I, I feel you a hundred percent on that. And I think uh at least for me, my drill sergeant was my bills. I, I, <laughs> when my when my daughter was born, me and my wife, I it was my fault. I kinda miscalculated and um and I, we were like we were gonna be in the hole every month between five hundred and a grand. Between babysitter and and they and uh babysitters uh diapers and all the new stuff that the baby brings along and and also at that time i like i had some medical bills so we were in the, mm. we were going to be in a hole and i and i remembered having this really horrible argument with my wife in october uh of 2013 mm-hmm. and that's kind of like where everything kind of really kicked off for me but i remember that it was a horrible argument over money and i was like i never want to have this argument again with my wife i never want to i never i can't Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's gonna end us all. And I remember that night I, I sat in my bed and I prayed to God that please let let me find something to change my life. You know? And I I swear to God to you, this is not a joke. This is real real shit right here. The next day I had six emails in in my in my inbox with new work. And I just felt like I wanted to cry. Mm-hmm. You know, it was such a it was such a crazy moment for me. And that day I, I, I went to church and I, uh, and I just like, I was like, thank you, God. Like, thank you for this opportunity. You know, like this is, this is what I needed to kind of jumpstart. This is where I'm asking the universe for help. And it's, it's giving me that little bit of oxygen that I need to kind of get going. Mm-hmm. And then for me, three years ago, when, when that happened, it's been a snowball effect ever since. It's just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, I used to build like, to a client. And now it's like, I'm in the four and five and six, you know, four and five digit range. And it's, you know, it's taken a lot of work to get there. A lot of self-discipline, a lot of tenacity, tenacity and attitude and, and, and just sacrifice. And and better clients. And better clients. Yes, (laughs) definitely better clients. You know, know, Hey, I was a Craigslist designer for a good long time because I was that desperate. 
you know, we were in the hole really bad. And, and I had no shame. I, I needed, I, I needed to change and I needed to do what I got, what I had to do, you know, and it just, it snowballed little by little, little by little. But yeah, I think that the, this, I've got this poster, uh, from Sean West on my wall where it's the, it's the show up every day for two years poster. I, I hope that you know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I plastered it on my wall and I looked at that every single day for two years and I, and I kept up with it. And I'm telling you, it, it really changed my life. I even shot him an email at one point and I said, Hey, Sean, uh, I'm a stranger. I'm a nobody. You don't know me, but this little golden nugget of what you did helped so much, you know, building, building ten, uh, tenacity, building an attitude, building a positive mentality, work, make, putting in the work, putting in the effort to change my life that it actually did. It worked, you know, so thank you for, for, for this little golden nugget because it helped. Very cool. Yeah. I, and I think it goes back to almost like having a mantra with that too. Yeah. It's, it's you know, you've got to have something that when you get in those times where you get discouraged that you can look at or say, or you got to find it. That I used, I used brings you back. Me, into, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I, 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 I tell my friends, I, I got a, I have a friend right now that I'm kind of mentoring and he's going through the same struggles that I was going through. And I told him, you know what, man, once you find your why, then you will find your how. You know, mm-hmm. so you got to find why you're doing this. Why are you? Why? Why do you need to do this in your life? And then you will figure out how to do it. And if you keep those two things in check and you focus on those two two things, you are going to do it. You're going to succeed. You're going to win. You know, yeah, you're going to get it done. Well, there's a great TED talk that kind of goes around that, and I wish I could remember who did it, but I remember yeah. seeing that is you know. Yeah, I and, think and it, the, go ahead. I think I think it's actually uh, this speaker who I listen to a lot. Uh, it's called he's called Eric Thomas. That sounds right. So I think it's I, I'm pretty sure it's Eric Thomas's uh, you know speech where he goes into that, and then he's got another great quote that uh, I think it goes. Uh, I think he goes into the story about uh, about uh, a guy who's going to the sensei and he tells the sensei that the sensei tells the guy, hey, go a little deeper in the water, go a little deeper in the water, go a little deeper in the water. And then when you get to the point where you can't breathe, then you will find a way to succeed. Mm-hmm. You know? So that that's kind of like the, the – and I implore people to, to kind of go ahead and, and listen to Eric Thomas. He's a great speaker. Uh, a great motivational, and I—I I mean, I—I I, I listen to that motivational stuff every once in a while. It definitely pumps me up, helps me, keeps me going. I know it sounds corny, but it works for me, and I think it could work for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just one of those like—it's it's true. Like if you—you if you gotta get to the point where you're completely exhausted, and then if you—and then you gotta push more. And then if you do that, you're gonna—you're gonna succeed. You're gonna find a way. You know? mm-hmm. So you gotta figure out once you figure out your why, then you're gonna figure out how to do it. Yeah, I I think that's really good advice. Um, so and, and after that, I have no way to segue into this, but it's something I've been really curious yeah, about. Sure. Go for it. So so whiskey and branding. Um, oh <laughs> I mean, I I you know from talking to you, I know, but for people who haven't had to talk to you, where did that come from? All right, that was that was a nice long vacation that I took with my wife. Uh, to the Dominican Republic, drunk in a cabana, mm-hmm. trying to trying to come up with names for for this new company that or this new identity that I wanted to go under, you know, that I kind of wanted to kickstart everything off. And I swear to you, I, I I literally was like doodling the dumbest names that you could possibly think of on a piece of paper, and that I still have three years later, and it's actually on, on my wall. Um, and I was drinking whiskey, and mm-hmm. I was like. I like but you're whiskey. in the Dominican Republic and drinking whiskey. I'm in the Dominican Yeah, I'm not drinking <laughs> rum, which is oddly enough. But I was having a whiskey because uh, I was tired of rum. I had rum all week. So I wanted something different. So I was drinking a whiskey and I was in this cabana in the scorching freaking heat, you know, watching the waters. And I just like, I like whiskey and I like brandy. And I kind of, I was like, oh my God, let's put them together. This sounds like a cool name. Yes. And, yeah, and I'm re- I like the name. So <laughs> yeah, and my wife, man, I had come up with the dumbest names on that on that sheet, and my wife looked at me like, "You're freaking stupid! Like you're drunk. What are you doing?" 
I, I gotta do this. I gotta do this. I, and my speech is off there. And there's a, I think that it might be a video. Who knows? But I was like, look, babe, they, they just go together. It's beautiful. It's semiotic. And she just like, she laughed and she looked at his face and said, you know what? I kind of like it. And I was like, yeah, I love it. And then I passed out. <laughs> but I wrote it down and I was so happy I wrote it down. And then on the plane right back, I was kind of scratching off the names that I liked. And this it was like 20, 20, 30 names. It was just horrible. And mm-hmm. that was the one that stuck out. And that's kind of where it started. It was so weird, but that's where it started. And then I kind of get into the whole, you know, making stuff on the side kind of thing, you know, making a little bit of shine on the side, you know, just, just to kind of really throw myself deep into that whole whiskey thing and that branding thing. And, and it's weird because in case the night, ATF is listening, he's only flavoring pre-existing things. Exactly, it's it's flavored water. It's flavored water, guys. Let's come on, Uncle Sam. Come on, it's just flavored water. <laughs> there it's is a, no mash ton involved. There is no. no. There, there, yeah, yeah. There is no quote unquote mash. There's no unquote quote unquote there, pot. There's no quote yeah. There's no distillery. copper involved whatsoever. Oh yeah, yeah. There's totally no copper involved. Totally. <laughs> No wormholes, no thumpers, no nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I started. I, I just started getting a little creative and making my own, and that was really cool. And I so, was so at the point where you came up with the name, you weren't doing that. You were no, just... no, no. That totally came later uh, on a whim. I think I was watching Moonshiners on Discovery Channel. <laughs> I was like, I was like, that looks like so much fun. I want to do it at home. And I wanted to, you know, kind of just doing it a little bit. And uh and it worked out. It's it's working out pretty good. Like I think I've gotten pretty good at it. The uh the, I like the strawberry stuff that you sent me. So that Yes. Was... I gotta send you I gotta send you a strawberry, another strawberry. Or if you want the rye, I got a I got a great rye that I can send to you. I gotta get one out to John who asked mm-hmm. me about it the other day from Four Flowers. I was so happy that to, that he asked me for it. Yeah, I feel, I feel like I gotta try the rye now. Yes, yes. I listen. I I've got it right here. I've got a little bit right here left in this jug, and I'm telling you, I gotta I gotta get it ready for you. So you know, I one of the things I was gonna ask you earlier that we got off on a really good tangent, and I'm glad I didn't interrupt asking <laughs> was you know what do you do not design wise for yourself? And I think we. Well, okay, so the listeners couldn't see it, but I saw it. There's a yeah. there's a nice jug of uh beautiful amber colored uh gold in there. Yes, and I and I've and I've got another Mason Jar strawberry shine right here. Mm-hmm. Um that I'm actually, that was kind of like my breakfast. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead serious because at night when I'm creating mm-hmm. I, I literally have like a bag of a bag of Cheetos or a bag of Doritos and I and, and a cup of whiskey with me. That is a hundred percent true. Great, great flavor pairing there. Yes, it's, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> it's better than an old fashioned, at least for me. Fair enough. So, wh- I mean, obviously, you know, you said you love whiskey and all that stuff, but what was it that got you into wanting to do uh, to make your own? Uh, I don't know. I just, I think that's, I think that's the point where I, so I killed off so many hobbies mm-hmm. that I was like, I needed, I need something new. And I just kind of, I was like, you know what? People are, people know the name already and I might as well live it for the fullest. You know, it, I can't go in like, yeah, you know, the name of my company is Whiskey Branding, but I don't know crap about whiskey. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so it was like, market research. So, yeah. So I was <laughs> like, you know what? Let me, let me, let me just make my own. Let me dive into it. Let me see what it's all about. See if I can do something cool with it. And it's just kind of like a really small hobby now that I do. Mm. Not a lot. Because now with my daughter and, and, and freelancing and the full time, I, I literally have no time for anything else. In well, yeah. So that's something kind of getting back into that. That's something we didn't talk about is, you know, we've, we've talked about all the freelancing stuff that you do and that it's almost it's pretty much a full time job for you. Yes. But then you have an actual full time job. Yes. I actually work at now at this place called Markham Limited. I mean, sorry, Markham and Stein Unlimited. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I love it there. I've been there for about a year now. I'm very happy. Um, and it's a, it's a, it's your regular agency job, you know. It's a normal mm-hmm. agency job. It's a great agency. I I, I'm just, I just love it. It's it's really nice. And then I got my freelance at night. That's mm-hmm. practically a full time job, you know. And then it's you know being a dad and being a husband. That's another full time job in itself. So my time is very limited, you know, to myself. 
And I don't mind. I really, I love being a dad. I, I truly love, I love my daughter. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and being a husband to my wife is like the greatest gift, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah, it's, I, I never stop, man. I, yeah. I, I, I'm telling you, I, I don't stop. And people think I'm crazy. Like, oh, you got to rest. You got to relax. You know, you got to take time for you. And it's like, uh, no, uh, nobody got rich, uh, sitting on their ass, not doing nothing, you know? So. Well, I mean, so, yeah, there, there, I mean, there's truth in both of those statements. Yeah. You definitely have to take time for you to turn your brain off, to recharge and things like that. Um, yeah, I, but it, yeah. everybody finds their way differently. So, yeah, I think, like, I, I think it's important that, no, I mean, I, I agree. Everybody really needs to take a five for their brain and just turn the creative off and, and enjoy life. Mm-hmm. And I think... The, the weekends are, are, are that for me because that's family time. I don't work the weekends. If anybody bothers me on the weekends, they will not get an email back. I, no way. I'm well, gonna, thanks for I'm, letting me bother you on the weekend. No, no, no. Well, <laughs> for you, it's okay. It's, it's all good. You know, this, this, is, this is a special thing. So for sure, I'm going to make the time to, 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 be, to be on the podcast because this is great. I love the podcast. I've listened to so many of them, and I'm just like floored at how you've been able to, to do so many of them. Yeah, well, thank and, you. And I was like, and I was like, so happy when you told me that I was going to be. On. I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. You know, and my <laughs> wife is like, you're going to be on a podcast. I was like, yes, I'm going to be on a podcast. This is going to be the greatest thing ever. What? So it was really cool. You know, and, and these are the little nuggets for me. Bribing me like, with whiskey helped. Yes. Well, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to say that that was a bribe, but yeah. <laughs> I think I'd already booked you at that point anyways. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, I think I think the whiskey became. Be- Came before the book, oh, okay. before the booking. So, so that was. I don't. You know. were already on my radar of people's I, books. So. I, 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 I'm gonna research that. Maybe I kind of did driving. Maybe that was kind of way of sneaking myself in. There. But it worked. So that's all. But, but it, so that's good. Yeah. So you know, I forgot where I was going because we joked <laughs> about that. But. Yeah, so going yeah. back to the finding time for yourself, like you, yeah, like I said, I, everybody finds their own way to do things, and some. For some people, that's, you know, being creative in the ways that they're not able to do at work, whether it's, you know, some of the freelance stuff that you're not necessarily going to get to work on the same sort of client or same sort of project um, in your day job, or it's, you know, making whiskey, or if it's wrestling with your kid so hard that she chips your tooth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you need a moth guard and a cup, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think it's really important that for every creative to take time for themselves, to put the laptop down, turn the phone off. Get out there, do something wicked, do something crazy, mm-hmm. you know, do something for themselves. It, it's it's therapy. They need to do it, you know. Sure. And it doesn't whatever the device is that that gives you that that release, do it. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. You know, it's it is important for for at least for me. It's you know, making a little bit of whiskey and and my family time really is is my release. You know that, uh, and it's weird because I actually creating is kind of like a release for me too. I, I just, I love it. I, I, I can't tell you that sometimes I go, I come home from a hard day's work at the agency mm-hmm. and I look forward to freelancing because that for me in itself is a, is a very create, uh, creative uh, release. It's very, it's freedom for me because I don't get to take orders from anybody else. I'm the one giving the orders. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that's doing what I want to do. Right. You know, so for me, that, that that's also advice. I know it's kind of lame to say it, but, but it, for me, it actually is. You know, I, I really love it that much. Right. And, well, I mean, I think a lot of people, you know, and, and I've, I've gone back and forth on this. Um, you know, they feel so spent at the end of the day at work. They're like, the last thing I want to do is Just go sit in front home, of a computer. Yeah. Yeah. And do that. But... And this is definitely something more recent that I've started doing is the, well, yeah, but I'm not necessarily getting to do everything that I want to do. At work. Right. And right. It's, it's not like I'm saying that I'm, you know, not enjoying the stuff that I do at work or right, anything right. like that. But it's, but it's, it's a, not it's stuff a, for me or it's, you know. Right. It's a different feeling. Yes. Because you are doing what you love. And, and I think that's the most important way to, to approach it. You know, it, yes, it might be another couple hours in front of a computer, but it's totally different when you're driving the, the machine versus somebody kind of driving you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it, it is very empowering. It is very 
uh, freeing because your mind can just go on off in, in a bunch of different directions. When you're, when somebody tells you, Hey, I, I, Jason, I got to do this. I got, you got to design this. You got to, you have these parameters. You got to stick to this and mm-hmm. you got to design it for this client. That's it. Your mind's already set. You're, you're in program mode. You're sure. going to want, you know, and, and the freeing part about creating for yourself is that you can go off on your own road. You're not mm-hmm. stuck to what, to the parameters that somebody has given you. So you're, you're free. The stress is gone because you're creating out of love. You're not creating out of an order. Exactly. If that makes sense. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, that, that makes perfect sense. So I don't know how to follow that one up. That is some, uh, that's some was heavy it, shit. Was that too but deep? It, was that, was that pretty no, deep? No, that's, <laughs> yes, but in a good way, in a much right. needed way. No, no, so, no, no, I totally get you. I totally get you. So, you know, we're kind of getting close to our time. Right. So what, what's something exciting that you're working on or looking forward to working on? Um, I think right now the most exciting thing that I'm working on right now, I've got two things going on. I've got this, uh, I've, I'm doing stuff for Facebook. Mm-hmm. That is the coolest thing ever. Oh my God. I, I love my people at Facebook. Uh, I'm creating for something, some stuff for them that hopefully will be produced soon. Uh, I know a lot of it's actually getting produced now. I've got to actually write, write for this call. I've got to jump on it. Uh, in 26 different languages, it's got to get produced. Oh, um, so, that, so that's really cool. That's, and how many of those do you speak? <laughs> uh, well, I speak two languages, you know. Yeah. And if, if you count if you count sailor, then that's third. Um, sure, let's sailor. count it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but that, doing stuff on Facebook right now is the coolest thing ever, and it has brought, it is definitely like it's just awesome. And then I've got like a couple other uh, clients that I that I work with. Uh, uh, I work a lot with this raw juice client, and that he's actually branching off into, which is actually that logo that I want for. for for communication arts mm-hmm. and he's branching off and making a new company uh like a, this cool press tea mm-hmm. uh, uh that's really cool it's kind of like intro new products into the market so i'm working with that now with with him now and that and that and i just i don't know like right now that's those are kind of like the biggest things right now for me and 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 i love i love my, my freelance clients man they're awesome you know they're just mm-hmm. so good and those are the things that i'm really pumped for right now cool and then um, you get to be the lucky recipient of me trying something new. Okay, go um, for it. So what is the best advice you've ever gotten? The best advice I've ever gotten. Wow. Wow. That's, that's a hard one. I think, I think the best advice, I've, not that I've gotten it, but I've ever heard was uh, I think you are, I, I want to phrase, I hope that I phrase this correctly. Um, you are never, jeez, uh, man, I forgot it. I wish, I wish I knew this question freehand <laughs> because I think it's, I think it's just uh, to not be, I think, uh, I think to not be afraid to dream big, to not, to don't be overly too ambitious, you know, chase your dreams, chase your goals. You sure. Know, you know, I think that's probably the best advice I've, I've ever done is, don't be afraid to dream big, you know, because, okay. you know, you never know. Yeah. So on the flip side of that, what's the worst advice you've ever gotten? Worst advice I've ever gotten. Uh, Aside from put a halo around that dick. Worst advice I've ever gotten. <laughs> uh, hey, come to the Art Institutes. <laughs> You'll have a great education. <laughs> Give us your money. <laughs> that was the worst advice I've ever gotten. Gotcha. Not, not, not afraid to say it at this point. <laughs> gotcha. I'm so, at the Art Institute. <laughs> well, most of them are going out of business now. So. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, wrapping up, where can people find more of uh, Peter online? Uh, you can find me online at whiskeyandbranding.com, mm-hmm. uh, Instagram, whiskeyandbranding, and Twitter, whiskeybranding. Awesome. And you're on Dribble too, right? And I'm Dribble. I'm on Dribble also. So if you search my name, Peter Bacayao, you will find me on Dribble. And uh, I look forward to connecting with anybody. And if anybody ever has any questions or help, I am such an open door. I love helping people out. So please come on in, knock on my door. It's always open. Awesome. So we end every podcast by saying, go out and hug some necks. Since you speak two languages, would you mind uh, doing your best approximate uh, Spanish translation of that? Okay. Uh, in Spanish. 
Abraza todos los cuellos. I hope I said that right. Uh, my Spanish is rusty, but that sounded pretty close. Yeah. If not, go out and hug some necks, people. Go out and hug some necks. Awesome. Peter, thanks for joining me this morning, and uh, you have a great rest of the day. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. Thank you. You can find out more about Peter on Twitter at Whiskey Branding, and be sure to check out the links in the show notes for more ways to keep up with him. You can keep up with the podcast on Twitter and our new Facebook page at Creative SO Pod, and follow Creative South on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Creative South GA or over at CreativeSouth.com. And I'm at Jay Frostholm on Dribble, Twitter, and Instagram. Visit slash design and get up to $75 off your next order when you use promo code CSPODCAST16. For a limited time, new Skillshare customers can get their first three months for just 99 cents to get unlimited access to thousands of classes when you sign up at Skillshare.com using promo code CreativeSouth. What are you waiting for? Start learning today. Don't forget to head over to CreativeSouthGA.com right now to pick up your tickets for Creative South in April of 2017. We're looking forward to seeing you there and hugging some necks. And remember, if you like the show, help support us over at Patreon.com slash CreativeSouth. And if you like the Creative South podcast, head over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play Music. Rate us and leave a review. This helps more people find the podcast and allows us to keep getting awesome guests. Now go out and hug some necks. Necks.